Johnson when they met for the NCAA championship several years ago. It was Magic Johnson's Michigan State team that prevailed. And Larry Bird is close to gaining revenge in that personal battle with Magic Johnson. Minus three with Dave Damashek. Yes, there he is, the great Dick Stockton, the voice of the NBA in the 80s when the NBA first started the matter. Bird versus Magic. Hi and hello and welcome to Minus 3, presented as always by FanDuel Sportsbook. Tune in all season long, whatever season that is, for exclusive offers and odds boosts. FanDuel, more ways to win. And of course, when you're putting a little something on the game to make it more interesting, make sure you do it at FanDuel.com slash Minus 3. It's the word minus the number three. And we appreciate you following along at minus three pod and subscribing and downloading and telling your pals about it and all the rest of it. Kevin Hench, what's the poop, fella? How are you? That's a fun little walk down memory lane. Dick Stockton. Oh, my God. South Lakers, right? Voice of our childhood. Unbelievable. Now, before we jump in, I just have to ask Spaghetti, um, were the were the people complaining about our sound quality last week complaining because they couldn't hear my voice or because they could hear Shex. Oh, it's coming in hot. Don't you see, everybody? Watch out. You could be the next victim of a Kevin Hatch jam. Well, no, it's possible that we just need to post something that say that's how Shex sounds. Yeah, it's it was a two, it was like a a two-face problem, though the number one spot obviously is Shek, as we know, is quite loud and it could pretty much talk over anyone. And the You're other part a two-face is, spaghetti. You're and, nice to me, and then you turn on a on a dime. Oh, Kevin. This, these aren't my words. This, this is the public. Maybe this is what the public hire says. me to do something great, no. and I'll be and, cool to him over Shaq, my friend. And, uh, people, no, people are like, there's this, there's this, like a bleeding lamb sound coming through my speaker. It's like, yeah, that's that's Damashek talking. That's not that's not anything wrong with your. Speaker. Yeah, that was the other thing. People wanted to hear the insult. So Shaq being loud, they wanted to hear the insult, and then that's why we had the audio issues. But uh, all will be resolved. So we will hear plenty of that. Some I of it show we, up here for mean spirited jibes. That's not what I. That's not what I signed on for. Wow. Today. I want to talk about this. That well, you the said other. I made terrible impressions. I'm trying to live up to my billing. I got you. Okay. Listen, the reviews have been mostly positive. By the way, I mentioned it on extra points. My parents, for the first time in 13 months, jumped on a plane from the banks of uh, the Three Rivers in Pittsburgh and are now in our home with the grandkids. They're over the moon. My my uh, presence is incidental with all of that. But they did stop me to let me know a few things, one of which was they're really enjoying Kevin Hench on minus three. Oh, my goodness. However, they're a little wor- worried about how you work blue. Sometimes the four-letter words are too much for the, for the two olds here. Just just well, FYI, that's a critique. Okay. Do with it what you will. FYI, fuck your info. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So listen, a lot of people threw F words at me um, w- in the last week or so, Hench, because I mentioned – you and I had a good conversation about the virtues of being a college head coach in basketball over an NBA coach. And then some people whispered to me, oh, did you hear Brad Stevens? They're going to announce him. Uh, this is uh, a, a week ago, Friday. A couple of people said, "Did you?" I mean, Brad Stevens, they're announcing him maybe even today. They might wait him out through the weekend, but um, they're – Brad Stevens is the next coach of the, uh, the Indiana Hoosiers. So I tweeted it. 
So what? I'm not a I'm not a breaking news journalist, but I wanted to try to get into that game. And boy, Boston did not like it. Now the only problem is, are we sure that Brad Stevens gets to keep his job? Um, <laughs> one way or the other at this point, That's, it's like the the one advantage of coaching it at Indiana would be they might be able to score in the last two minutes of a close game because God knows this current squad can't can't make a bucket. I mean, the last 90 seconds, you you better be ahead with 90 seconds left because you're not going to score down the stretch because they're going to run everybody at your two players and Marcus Smart's going to be left open and he's going to shoot a scraper from the wing. It's obviously I, I love this team. I love the guys on this team. I love Brad Stevens, but it just doesn't work. It does. It doesn't, they don't win games. Like it's crazy. That said, I'm, I'm going to pick them plus the points uh, against the bucks Friday night. Uh, I think they might have figured something out. I think they might have figured something out Wednesday night. Based on what? What makes you suddenly uh, confident in the Celts against their fellow green team from Milwaukee? Well, they were down 25. They cut it to two with two minutes left. And then, you know, of course, you can't score in the final two minutes because you're the Celtics and you only have two players. No, they that Kemba seemed to be have a little bounce in his step. That makes a big difference if Kemba Walker is not a complete liability, obviously. Um, and I just refuse to believe that this Eastern Conference finalist with all the same guys is actually terrible. You know, and they were catching seven Wednesday night, so I assume they're catching seven again Friday night. It's the same venue, the same teams. So I'll, I'll take the points uh, with the Celtics Friday all right, night. You know what? We're, 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 we're heading down that path there. Many things to look at here. Of course, Sweet 16 awaits us on Saturday and Sunday. We'll give you some picks there. We've got some puck the Philadelphia Flyers, so loaded with talent. And by the way, that I know I keep talking about it, but the but the East Division, the Mass Mutual, is so loaded um, with with impressive teams. And yet, the Flyers and the Bruins owed to COVID, the latter at least, scuffling. Now it's it's not a certainty. I really can't believe that the Flyers are. Uh, it appears are tracking to maybe miss the playoffs, and it's owed in part to Carter Hart, who is their goalie. If you're unawares, but it really is for me starting to shape up to, and we'll come back to this in a second, but it's starting to be the Chicago bears in 55 years of Super Bowl era have not been able to land a viable quarterback for the long term. And in fact, if you want to try and disprove me have at it, but Jay Cutler's the best quarterback they've had in the Super Bowl era, which is very sad. And I know Jim McMahon won a Super Bowl, but okay, so Jim McMahon's the best quarterback in the last 55 years. Either way, sad stuff. The Flyers are at goalie the same thing. That they cannot, since Bernie Perrant got poked in the eye in 1975, that this team cannot find a goalie despite having high-end talent. Ron Hextall won a Con Smith. I know. (laughs) I, I I guess I guess that's true against the Oilers. That's a fair point. They did, but that's been their bugaboo for all this time. Eddie Spaghetti, I see you raising a finger in the sky. What's up? Uh, it's good news for Hench's Celtics. They just made a trade with the Orlando Magic and got Evan Fournier, good shooter, scorer. Ooh. So that will help the playoff push. I know we're just mentioning Brad Stevens keeping his job. Well, this could certainly help. Yeah, trade yeah, deadline sure, is that I'm going sure on? When 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 the Nets, Sixers, and Bucks get wind of the Evan Fournier acquisition, they're like, "Oh hell, <laughs> we're only getting Kevin Durant back." 
What are we going to do now? <laughs> wow. Evan Fournier. Holy shit. And he's when and you he, put it in he, those terms, he, there's he, no he chance. He plays exactly the positions that we actually have. He plays exactly the spots where we actually have good players. Oh, well. Oh, well. It's terrific. It's terrific that uh, Boston got so cross with Damashek a week ago about Brad Stevens. <laughs> and you guys aren't going to even make the playoffs. All right, jump into it. The dark days. I know we, we the, the Celts had uh, a, a decade or so. Wait, two-decade-long swoon after the glory days of the 80s. Um, but the uh the the twin tower the twin titans of the nba um are not looking great now the lakers are um plus five at last check against the sixers in los angeles and the south's like we say barely hanging on to a playoff spot go ahead there hench jump into your three best bets of the weekend for all right well uh against uh my anger i'm gonna take the Celts plus seven uh and then I know everyone has been buried in their brackets by going chalk. I mean, any if you have any, right, whatever chalk you have in your bracket has, has been erased. But there is like almost a bigger chalk at work in this tournament, which is all year people who know this stuff, who look very stupid right now, they have been saying, I would take the Zags and Baylor against the field. So that part of the chalk still feels intact, obviously. And I, you know, basically having to choose between those two teams, I've been leaning Baylor um, because that team's been together. And I feel like in this new uh, NCAA where it's like you either have a team of juniors and seniors going up against like a Cade Cunningham one and done kind of guy. And so it's either the athleticism or the experience that Baylor has both. Those guys are athletic and they've played together for a long time. So I'm I'm leading Baylor for the whole thing and and I'm and I'm like them giving the points against Villanova. Uh, and then the other pick, which is again fighting the trend, because everybody's on the other side of this one. Everyone loves Syracuse and the points. And I'm taking Houston because, first of all, why is a zone defense fucking surprising teams in the in the fucking tournament? It's five guys standing with their hands in the air. They, they're you're helpless. You, there's nothing you can do against this zone. So Houston has a few extra days to 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 practice against the zone. Um, they have shooters, and and I actually and you know it's interesting. Syracuse, no one on their team shot forty percent from three for the season. So. The, even though Buddy Beheim looks like he never misses, uh, and Gilbert's been on fire, like they're they need to have a little regression to the mean and miss some shots. So I actually like Houston minus six in that game. Uh, so I'm you know now I'm going chalky again, but uh, I, I like I like those two favorites. And then just as a bonus pick, I think we all agree that there's something wrong. Maybe it is Carter Hart. I agree with you know Spaghetti's uh, hockey pick. I think the Rangers actually become the nightmare for me and Sheck. We've been rooting for the Rangers to win and the Flyers to lose, and I think the Rangers will continue their mastery of the Flyers uh, Saturday, which is bad for us because I think the Rangers are actually a bigger threat to snag that fourth spot than uh, than the Flyers. I, I mean that that's that's semi bold, but the thing that jumps out to me is um, the Rangers are loaded for the future. 
the Devils are loaded for the future too. There, I mean, there is just no bum team outside of the Sabres, and even they have talent. But it is interesting. Spaghetti and I were talking about it the other day that the 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 makeup obviously at the trade deadline can swing um, the the fortunes of a lot of teams. Um, going into the playoffs, but it feels like we don't know what's going to happen because of the Sabres. They're in the division. They're garbage. They're historic garbage. In fact, I keep pointing to it. If you're following on social media, the best bet on the planet right now is whoever is playing the Sabres minus a goal and a half. And if you're listening before Thursday night's puck drop, bet the pens again. I know they are decimated by injury, but no matter, they whipped up on the Sabres once again, like the rest of the world does. 15 straight, straight up for the Sabres losses. And now, what is it, Spaghetti? 11 of their last 14. They've lost by at least two goals. I mean, I feel bad for the people of Buffalo. They only the, the only other thing they have are the Bills, and we know their history. Um, yes, we can get excited for the future, but I mean, a lot of sorrow for the the sports town that is Buffalo. Um, and your Bruins, assuming they can get out there, catch the Sabers. So, of course, you want to roll with the Bruins. They'll be nice and fresh. Uh, so, minus the goal and a half there. I'm gonna I'm gonna go with Nova here, Hench. Uh, applying some of the same broad logic that you just did about experience. I'm pointing at Jay Wright specifically, and also the fact that Nova kind of plays a similar game to Baylor. Seven and a half is the last I saw it uh, that the Wildcats are getting there. I'm going uh, old school Big East here, maybe a little uh, sentimental there. Um, I'm going to go plus seven and a half because also, again, anecdotally, this is not uh, uh, based around any um, hard fact here, but no team just runs the table and annihilates everybody to get to the final four. They're got, Baylor's got to get tested just based on my eyeball watching the tournament for the last 30, 35 years. I know that that doesn't necessarily answer what's going to happen in one 40 minute stretch here, but I like Nova to challenge Baylor at least and keep it uh, fairly close. I'm with you on the cues. I'm going to go with Houston um, minus the six there. And I gave you the hockey picks there. Eddie Spaghetti, how say you? Yep, I'll start off with some basketball. And uh, last night, uh, the Nets got trounced by the Jazz. Steve Nash came out and said, but it, it doesn't matter. He's like, we're resting everyone, and which is true. I don't see the Nets letting that happen again. And they're playing the Pistons, the lowly Pistons with like 12 wins. So even if guys, some guys are rested, I know that Kyrie had personal reasons and uh, Durant with the hamstring. But let's say Blake Griffin comes back in because he was just resting. I just can't see a team that good to like, it doesn't look good optic wise to get one out again. And they're at Detroit. So they'll get a good number on that one. Uh, we did mention the Rangers. Simple reason. Igor's back. Uh, when your starting goaltender comes back, it's going to give you a boost. Also, Vitaly Kravtsov coming over from the KHL. He probably won't play this game on Saturday, but having a guy who's like six, three, six, four, like, you know, 18, 19 years old coming in and can take your spot in the wing is going to have these guys you know, they got to be playing as best as they possibly could or Quinn or whoever's the coach now because he's in COVID protocol. We'll just pull you out of the lineup and put him right back in because he there's a really bright future for him. So I really like the Rangers in that one. Obviously, they've uh, handled the Flyers pretty well in the past. And then to Hench's Bruins uh, today, tonight, they're playing the Islanders. And it's the first game they're getting fans in Boston Garden, which is great. Give them an extra boost there. And the one thing I like about the Bruins team versus Sabres, you know, that, that Sabres-Rangers game, the Sabres go and score too early quick ones in the third and tie the game up for the Rangers to uh, go ahead 4-3 and then win 5-3 with the empty net. The Bruins won't let you do that. The Bruins will lock you down defensively, and they have a Norse candidate and Charlie McAvoy, and the Rangers do have a couple good 
defensive pieces, but I think as a team, they play better defensive hockey. The forwards play better both ways. Uh, they're going to lock down the Sabres in this one, so I like the Bruins to, to win at least by the, the goal and a half. Um, Eddie, hey, Eddie, real, Eddie, real right. quick question for Eddie. I got a mm-hmm. quick question. It just occurred to me this morning when I got his email. What year were you born? 92, May 92. 90, 92, okay. How much did your parents like the Beverly Hills Cop franchise? Like, how, how, well, who's sitting there and going, oh my God, it's a beautiful, beautiful baby. Our last name's Murphy. Let's, <laughs> let's name him Eddie. I mean, I, this, they must have loved the golden child so much. They had their own golden child. <laughs> Best defense. They said, they said, let's name him Eddie Murphy. It'd be great. Yeah, yeah that's uh, you know what I, I can't believe, Hedge. This is embarrassing for me. I consider myself one of the foremost investigative journalists. I think I proved that last week the, with the Brad oh, yeah. Stevens You're on fire. You're fucking incident. Woodward. Somehow we never jumped in on this. I uh, I've asked Spaghetti about going through life with that name, but never your parents. What in the hell were they thinking? We maybe have to get them on the show even, Hedge, for, an, oh, uh, for a full don't. investigation here. Well, Why the hell did they name a- you Eddie Murphy when Eddie Murphy was a star? Well, that went first of all, it's not Eddie. Point. It's not Eddie. My full name is Edward. Secondly, my dad's name is Edward. And Ooh, my I've never heard that. Edward. I've never heard that version. <laughs> your, your full name is Edward. Oh, hold on. Hold on. But your nickname is Eddie. I'm going to just check Google real quick because I'm guessing the real Eddie Murphy's Birth certificate says Edward too. It's well, not you your be- parents. Your parents don't get credit for that. Oh no, no, they named me Edward. <laughs> they didn't name me Eddie Murphy. How could they have known anyone was going to call me Eddie? How would they have known that? The <laughs> every fucking Edward since King Edward the Sixth has been called Eddie. That's why they might have known. Not big cinephiles. Not big cinephiles. Okay. Well, they're also well, they're they're legit. They're, they're legitimate Rangers fans in that house. Maybe they they were big fans of Eddie Mio. And they just said uh, the netminder supreme. Yeah, Eddie, Eddie old chick, Eddie old Eddie chick. Yeah, so uh, I think I get the short end of the stick here because my dad gets called like he's Murph, and I got just I got Eddie or like he's Big Ed. I don't I got Eddie. So yeah, I'm Eddie Murphy. Actually, Shaq by calling me Spaghetti years back has kind of stuck. So in recent years, no one really brings it up. This was more of like a intermediate school not really high school but like elementary intermediate school people would make fun like oh you're already murphy but you know what there's worse people to be named after i'm i'm all right with it for sure arsenio yeah. murphy would have been a disaster <laughs> <for you>. <laughs> <laughs> we, <laughs> i really now am fascinated enough that we do need to talk i've met the the, the mr and mrs spaghetti well i would like to talk other, to the other when we have the ravioli when we have the special edition of the minus three and we have the Murphys on to explain themselves, you know, OJ Howard, uh, you know, solid NFL tight end broke out at Alabama and I'm watching OJ Howard at Alabama, just, you know, beating guys like deep. He's got speed. This guy's going to be an NFL player. And then I'm like, oh, wait a minute. When was this, when was this guy born? And I'm like, Wow. Wow, you guys really flew in the face of public sentiment when you, you know, when you name this guy OJ. Wow, that was defiant. Um, you know, at least Eddie Murphy could be kind of homage. I, I don't, I'm not, I'm not sure if this is. Wonder if anyone will ever in the history of people ever again go Orenthal. 
I wonder if Adolf has a single person been named Adolf since uh, the mid 20th century. That's a good one too. I will say that I'm not sure. Benito Santiago's parents apparently not aware of the dark history of that name. If I was going to be named after my grandfather, then the other option, if it wasn't Edward, would have been Lawrence, which is my middle name. So either would have been Lawrence Murphy or Edward Murphy. And I just they kept the line of three Edwards in a row. So I got stuck with it. Oh, a baby named Larry. That's Larry. Yeah, Larry the baby is that's a terrible. See, you got that's one of those names like we talk about. You got to be born at 37 to be Larry. You can't be like, oh, what's he cool? Look at this little fella, cute little guy. What's his name? Larry is a terrible name. That's great, Lawrence. So, just to be clear, the Bronco chase is in June (laughs) and Otarius Jabari Howard is born in November. So, this is, I mean. This is a bold, fresh choice. <laughs> well, he's, look, look, he's, that guy, he runs with a fast crowd. Al Michaels and Vince Evans are calling in on his behalf during this moment. Like, that's a pretty juicy name. By the way, Juice, why it's a lesser crime, but still, why did Levy and Bell, of all the nicknames in the world, he could have embraced? Oh, no, I'm Juice now. No, no, no. A, uh, Levian, any nickname but that one. Not a not a good one. Um, OJ Mayo went to USC. How about that? That's it. That's uh, pretty bad as well. But if you're like, okay, if you're like, hey, we don't know how this is going to play out. Um, we're going to name him like Oliver Joseph. He could be Ollie. But when you name someone Otarius Jabari, he's going to be OJ. There's no other. There's nothing else he could possibly be called. Anyway, I don't know. It'll be the we'll have our uh, booker get in touch with both sets of parents. The Murphys might have to be the the second guest. Uh, the Howards probably would be the headliner to uh, explain where they were at. I um we uh, spaghetti and I both worked at the NFL with a man named Tom Brady, who and uh, uh, for real does not look like the football. Actually, played football though at Duke, but was not Michigan's Tom Brady. So imagine that bearing that cross. It's sort of like that. uh, How about that crazy clip that made the rounds a couple weeks ago in our gang when Terry Bradshaw got surgery? He used a fake name. I mean, is that real? He went to the hospital as Tom Brady as Tom Brady. This is. This is QAnon stuff. You're like, do you? Yeah, that's freaky. That that that's legit um, freaky. It's kind of like if you're Tom Brady, if you're Eddie Spaghetti. I mean, if you're Eddie Murphy, but you're not that Eddie Murphy. It's a little bit like Spaghetti. You know what it's like to be the third ball brother. You know, yeah. You must you must feel cursed? Like he makes money. I think he plays in in a Euro League somewhere. Um, and you know, the most famous example is, uh, is, uh, Cupper, you know, uh, the, you know, my two brothers, Hey, what, a, what, a, the, look, the sports God smiled on the Manning family, my old man, you know, Ole Miss legend. Oh, look at that. Uh, Peyton, look at that MVP of a Super Bowl. Good for him. Like this is great. A great day for the Mannings. Wait a second. Now in back to back years, my two brothers, I only have two brothers. Both of them are now Super Bowl MVPs, 365 days. Now I feel cursed by God. I don't know what I did to you. That 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 would be the feeling. Well, 
Go the ahead. bigger when we have our family edition of this show, the other the other deep investigative journalism that we could dive into. I mean, wouldn't it be interesting? Exact same genetics. If Ozzy Canseco said, I, I just wasn't comfortable doing steroids. Like, it would be the most fascinating thing. Like, the exact <laughs> same guy, the exact same guy. One guy goes, I'll fucking do anything. I want it bad. And the other guy goes, whoa, whoa, whoa. I, I don't like needles. I don't even want a vitamin B12 shot. Fuck it. And then it's like, oh, okay. Well, you're, you're going to be poor and I'm going to be a fucking zillionaire. Uh, so it's a perfect lab test. Now, it it would be actually a good argument for Jose if Ozzy also juiced, because then Jose could go, hey, right. hey, I obviously had some talent, too. Uh, but it really feels like um, steroids work, but don't do drugs, kids. Hey, listen, I, I've said it before. I'll say it again. It's a, controver a controversial uh, stance. But, you know, at the height of the steroid era, people would say, hey the Pittsburgh Pirates, not juicing. I would say, I said back to that, AKA they're not trying. Yeah. Look at where they are in the standings. <laughs> look at all the teams that are winning. Look at all these great stories with Sosa and McGuire and, uh, and the long lost Barry Bond. See how they're thriving. Where's your commitment to excellence? Uh, Pittsburgh Pirates. It's gone. Um, all right. Lots of things to talk about here. Oh, here, Hinch. This is what I wanted to talk about. I, I, we don't need to do a deep dive about curmudgeon Dave and that I, Enjoy the tournament. People get on me about, oh, you're, so, you're just trying to hot take by saying you don't like the tournament. I like it just fine. I enjoy it. Hench, it's a, the irony of it is, Hench is not one of these people who is like Adam Carolla or Simmons or me, um, who I who can ironically enjoy bad movies. We, you know, we can chop it up, Simmons, Kroll, uh, and I on Face Off for for seventeen hours, or Roadhouse, or whatever. Hench is like, I like I, I like that gene. I'm not just uh, I don't like to watch garbage and 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 make fun of it. I I like Roadhouse. I also see its flaws. That's how I enjoy the tournament. You understand? I, I it's not that I don't watch every second of it like you. And by the way, here we are, and the proof of why this is. I don't know, fraudulent, but it's vaguely unsatisfying. Upsets are great and everything, but now we have to watch Oregon State and Loyola. And outside of the old lady sitting sitting there and putting a pox on the foe with her uh, her direct line to Jesus, outside of that intrigue, who cares? This is this is what we're down to. We have precious well, seconds left in the college basketball season, and uh, two hours of them are going to be devoted to that, Matt. Who cared about Oregon State and Loyola? What in hell? Well, obviously, I'm I'm going to stick to disagree disagreeing with you about wasting your life on bad movies. I I don't like what. Anyway, I don't. Now I'm. Well, I was gonna. I was gonna. I was, to, but I, well, go I was gonna. I was gonna make a uh, a porn analogy, and then I now I'm thinking about Mo Damashek. I can't. Oh, she's listening know, now. I'm, now I'm hemmed in. Like now I can't. Like oh my god, it was a perfect porn analogy. Would you watch what porn? Would you watch? Hey, you know I watch BBW porn. I, I kind of ironically, I enjoy it. Ironically, it's funny. But anyway, so <laughs> I can't do that now because I guess no, just for no the record, listening. just for the record, I no don't listening. care for the. I don't like when they when they uh, have the high concept. Um, 
plot lines in uh, in like they're out to space. Why would I watch Chinatown when I can watch Face Off for the eleventh time? <laughs> I, it makes no sense. I'm talking about it those. makes no sense. So I'm talking about on. your you and your uh, your porn yeah. addiction. I'm saying yeah. I don't like when they I don't like when they're in space and then they're like watching on a monitor. What is that that they're doing? That's called sex, and like, and then like, oh, I should try to be transported down to this planet so I can experience this. And it's like, what the hell are we doing here? Just like, make with the nudity already. What 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 are we doing with the with the is involved story of the Martian? I don't want to. I don't want to get into your your VHS and the barbed wire. I don't know what movie you're talking about, but that is a VHS from way back uh, with the plot. But anyway, so but I will agree with you that the tournament was more fun when an upset looked like an upset. So you're so you're going like, oh, my God, Patrick Ewing is so much bigger than Ed Pinckney. That's going to be bad. And then you look at Harold Jensen and you're like, that guy's not going to play in the NBA. Like, that's what made it. And if Villanova and Georgetown played played a bunch of times, Georgetown would win a very high percentage. Watching that Illinois-Loyola game, like – with every possession, you're like, they're better at basketball than Illinois. What is going it didn't, it never looked like an upset. It was just like, oh, that guy's better than the guy guarding him. Uh, this guy's never seen a pick and roll before. He doesn't know how to, you know. So you you as you watch the game, you kept waiting for this run to come. And you're like, oh, this run isn't coming because this team plays better than this team. And if they played 10 times, they'd split. So if David is an inch taller than Goliath and has a few pounds on him, it's not a great story. David drops the sling and just punches Goliath in the face and knocks him out. Like, yeah, we're not telling that story anymore. And I do feel like watching these tournament games, because, of course, we the basketball that we've consumed over the year is always the big teams, the big programs, the Big Ten. So we're familiar with these teams. And then we see a team comes in and goes, hey, they're an eight seed you know, they're, they're an 11 seed, whatever. And you're like, oh, I'm watching this team really for the first time. And you assume you're going to see what we used to see, which is like, oh, this was this guy's only offer. This guy was a walk on. These guys are all going to play in the NBA, but it's really not like that anymore. It's just like, oh, these guys are all on scholarship and they're the same size. And this coach is way better. Uh, And this coach is going to be coaching. This coach is going to get fired in two years. And the small school's coach is going to have his job so it doesn't feel you don't you don't end the game and go that was a miracle you go that that seems about right that seems about right i mean you're making my case for me that's exactly right and i appreciate you working in some old testament references there the new testament is murkier um from what i can tell that sister Jean has powers but they're not so great they're kind of like mid-level x-men you know like he's not He's not uh, uh, Dr. X or what. Like, who's the highest end X-Man? Like, he's like a mid-level. Jean her powers are her powers are vast, but they're not that great. You can put a you can put a cap on them. Um, A three seed or better. That's where her powers get tapped out there. Um, And by the way, would it be sacrilegious for the Oregon State Beaver to come out in a priest collar? Because that is the only thing I can think that would combat what what. Juju, she's got going there. And I, I for real ask, Hedge, I don't know about these things. And I know you're not a religious guy. Spaghetti, maybe you can um, be our theologic, uh, our theological voice here. 
shouldn't people be offended by this, that this is what she's devoting her, her powers to, to, to college basketball games, especially the first round, at least save it for the sweet 16. Well, I mean, Eddie's got to be Catholic, right? With a hyphenated name, Murphy Spaghetti, the Irish Italian thing. <laughs> he's got to be. You're correct. Catechis- catechism. He can he can explain to us what what people should be doing with their powers, especially in a global pandemic. Don't Maybe look, not. Don't look to me for anything religious. I'm not your your, your guy. I oh think people just God. people attach to her because it's that's what. People, it's. I agree with you guys. March Madness is like a, a fad. It's like, oh, what's? It's cool. It's fun. Sister Jean sitting there and clapping, yay! Then it's like, it's. I don't know. I, I, it's hard for me to get into. Well, it. it's fun. It's fun when they beat when they vanquish the that the favored big state school with uh, with all the high end talent. And everything. The problem is, is that now we have to watch them play Oregon State. Now, who gives a crap about either one of these two teams? That's well, that- the problem. And Henches, you are 100 percent right. That's always my point. What is it? Yes, it sounds like it, it, it has the it, it has the bones of an upset, but it's not an upset at all. That's upsets aren't satisfying when they happen all the time. That's why I say we can just sit here and flip coins about no. it. Upsets yeah, are fun when they yeah. happen rarely, when they happen every other game. Then how do we even call them upsets except because somebody put a number next to it? That, yeah, but they're 11, see? And the other one is is three. So three, as we know, is better than 11. So that's why. It's like, but it, But it's meaningless. And to your point that you made a week or two ago and that I've made forever too, is uh, give me at the college level, if they've been playing together for the last three years, great. I'm glad that they have a guy that, that the other team has a kid who's going to go in um, the lottery in the NBA in a couple of weeks from now. But that doesn't match up with um, a team that's been playing together with a bunch of upperclassmen for the last three or four years. That's a, you know, that, that those aren't, properly upsets when the mid-major vanquishes the uh, Oklahoma State is a for instance but I think it's bad for the sport and I like when people want to argue it like the Dan Dockages of whatever they when they go like these kids have scholarships they're getting a great deal and everything and they, now they're quitting on the program to get ready for the NBA and and, and all of that What's the millionaires? yeah right well you're right they're trying to protect college basketball because they see it slipping away. And so they're rationalizing reasons why this is bad for a kid to not stay committed to the program for an extra few weeks. They're just trying to save the sport, which they can see isn't dying because of March Madness. But the quality of play has. And to argue otherwise is is uh, is lying, I think. Right. Well, it, it would be it would be not much of a story if it was like David slew the Philistine. Oh, oh, really? That sounds great. How, how did he do it? He, did he take a stone and and get a, hit him with a one in a million shot? No, he just ran pick and roll a hundred times in a row. And the and and Goliath had no Goliath's coach didn't call timeout and and go to a zone. That's why that's what happened. Oh, that's not as good a story. Dave, David just Dave David just uh, had Crutwig set a pick for him, and then Crutwig rolled to the basket. And uh, Illinois was confounded. Oh, that's not much of a story. Who would win in a fight? You work with Tim Allen. He's one of the prominent 80s comedians. Eddie Murphy, Jerry Seinfeld. And who else could we throw in that mix there? I want to we got to bring back that show when the claymation figures would fight each other. I asked. How about this one, too? Um, I've been watching some Rocky. Rockies have been playing there here. I'll throw this one at you, Hench. I think. 
So this is, you know what? Maybe Hench isn't the right person for this. He doesn't like indulging. Well, listen, if you want, if you want a, a less appealing sports tournament than March Madness, definitely do the pay per view of '80s comic boxing tournament. Oh, I'd love it. What about I ask Sal? Late night. What about late night hosts? Who would win a grand a, a battle royale among all the late night hosts in history, in their respective primes? I think you go Kimmel. He cuts a sizable figure. I know Conan O'Brien likes the fisticuffs too. He does the uh, the old school boxer. I'm going to take you out, fella. He well, might, I but like Johnny Carson's would, miniature, so he wouldn't. Would Leno's giant chin be good or bad? I don't know. Like, like uh-huh. maybe he's indestructible, or he's just all chin. And it's a glass jaw. I don't know. If that uh, giant jaw is made of glass, yes, that would be that would be a. a, You can't miss it. You can't miss it. Jay Leno also uh, in the series finale of Last Man Standing. Delightful. Wow. How about that? Um, Arsenio Hall. Yeah. uh, Arsenio Hall would uh, maybe be a factor there. All right, fellas, real quick. Let me interrupt with the reminder that the tournament is, of course, down to just 16 teams. So if you've been watching from the sidelines, now's your chance to get in on the action. Yeah, even on Oregon State and Loyola. FanDuel Sportsbook is hooking you up with exclusive 30 to 1 odds on all 16 teams left in the bracket, even the top seeds. Dig this now. Did you hear what I said? New users get 30 to 1 odds on any team to win their next game. That means you could take the Zags if you like them. I don't know who's going to beat Gonzaga along the way. 30 to 1 odds for you. So you can win $150 on a $5 bet. Who is your favorite to get there? I mean, I think Gonzaga, to Hench's point, Gonzaga. Baylor, these are fine bets to make, even if I'm uh, going to ride with Nova here. Um, get in on it, 30 to 1 odds, uh, a, as good a chance to make some decent loot there as exists in this Sweet 16 weekend. weekend. Make it even sweeter. All you have to do, download the FanDuel Sportsbook app, make your first deposit, and unlock those exclusive 30 to 1 odds. The app is easy to use. I can tell you I use it every time I make my anti-Sabers bet, as you should all be making. That's still the best bet on the planet Earth. And when you win, you get paid in as little as 24 hours. So just sign up with the promo code. This is the important part. FanDuel.com slash minus three, the word minus the number three, so that they so so that uh, they know Damashek sent you. It's FanDuel Sportsbook. Again, FanDuel.com slash minus three. I was also asking Eddie Spaghetti, something I would love to watch. I wish we could put together, speaking of fights, is as fighting is coming back in the NHL a little bit, um, who who is the great? If we could do, I, I don't know that you need more than four names for this because we're we're trying to stuff more guys in there. Who Hench is the greatest pugilist in puck history, or at least to your eyeball? You got Bob Probert. Well, Probert comes to mind because I I always, you know, the, I always felt like Probert could play a little. Yes. Which which really I mean, it, it that to me, if you're purely if you're Stu Grimson, you know, it's like, OK, well, you're barely a hockey player. No offense, Stu. I mean, by the way, I mean, you're you're that deeply religious fellow. You could tell when he would beat the shit out of people. What a man <laughs> of faith he was. Um, Reaper. But, but, uh, <laughs> but, you know, I mean, for for volume, obviously, Dave, the hammer Schultz. <laughs> You know, for for pure can't go two shifts without a fight, 
uh, you'd have to go old school with the hammer. But he's like to me, as as I always hold it up, and I it's it's among the many great uh, uh, lines in Days to Confused. I always feel like that he is one of the two characters, the redhead or Adam Goldberg. That's who he is. That's who he sees himself as he's writing that movie. That's his role in 70s high school in Texas somewhere. It's one of those two. And Goldberg says something about no one ever says after he gets beaten up by the uh, the uh, stoner thug guy. Um, he's like, you know, I'm kind of like Hemingway. You know, nobody ever asked Hemingway, did you win or lose the fight? It's just that I was in a fight. And that's kind of the success. That's Schultz to me. That's Jay Caulfield. That there's certain guys like, great. I'm glad Donald Brashear was in a lot of fights. He lost most of them. I, I I thought Brashear was a terrible goon. Like you're not just supposed to be in the fight, man. You're supposed to actually exact uh, punishment, physical well, punishment, the make other the other guy that's, bleed. That's that's weird. Is you know, because Cam Neely used to fight, and then Milan Lucic would fight, and then they would go. Uh, you can't fight anymore. You're too. You're. We need you to play. You like if you get to a level of good at ho- hockey, you're like, you're like, yeah, Milan, you beat the shit out of that guy. That's awesome. We we need you to stop fighting. So you have this incredible video of good players beating the crap out of people, and then it just kind of stops. You know, they just stop fighting, and you're kind of like, oh, that guy could be on Mount Rushmore if he was allowed to still beat the shit out of people. And Lucic well, dominated some fights. Um, and it's, I always give him a little, he really did. Lucic really did, uh, dominate. And you now though, have the most loathsome of all guys since maybe Kenny, the rat Linsman, um, on your team and Brad Marchand's. Yeah. Yeah. uh, Now that I think about it, the Bruins, I I don't think of them. I think of the flyers and Islanders as having the highest percentage of, uh, of douchebags who are easy to hate, but you know what? The Bruins good for you in that regard. You have a lot too, Hedge. Language, buddy. Your mom listens to this podcast. Douchebag? What kind of language is this? That's, that's, that's a product that I can go into any oh CVS and purchase. Oh any Blaine Reed. It can be so awkward when we have I'm going to give you my answer. And okay. perhaps you'll think it's a little biased. Well, by the way, Marty McSorley, before When he, you brought up this topic, I had a, a hunch you might give, a, give us your answer. Well, you might like this guy too. But I, I think that there was Chris Nyland. There was Joey Koser. Among the more miniature guys, he would throw it around. Ty Domi, Ty another Domi, one. Ty Domi knocked some guys sh- out. Yeah, he didn't shy from the big boys either. He would yeah. go toe-to-toe with Probert. Probert beat pretty much everybody. But the point I wanted to make is, and there's no satisfying answer because we can't make it happen, but Bob Probert in his prime against Georgie LaRocque. Georgie LaRocque, I don't <laughs> think, ever lost a fight. And he would do, but like Probert – to your point, like he could play and he was nasty and he was maybe drunk um, during the game. And Georgie LaRock was just like this. He he was a professional pugilist and that was it. Like he'd skate out and, oh, OK, LaRock's in there. So there's going to be a fight now. And then he you would hear him on the mic before the thing, like before the puck would drop in the faceoff circle. Like we're going to go now. Like, OK, good luck to you. He would wish he would wish his he would wish his foe well before he would pound him. And I, like I say, I never saw Georgie LaRock lose a, a a fight. I think he might be and, and the I, greatest I, fighter in history. And when and when I say bon chance, I mean what I mean is good luck in the ICU. <laughs> um. So yeah, your answer, your final was, answer is Bob Pro. Uh, McSorley yeah, deserves a more. shout out. I mean, but uh, I you know McSorley obviously gets the uh, he gets 
demoted for his uh, stick wielding. Hmm. Yeah, that's shameful for a goon. Um, you got to use the fists. Yeah, LaRock was listed at 253. That's a big hockey player. Holy hell. Let's uh but let's talk for a second about this this officiating um controversy. Okay, good. Show. Good good job. See, that's a pro job getting us off of something that nobody cares about outside of Dave <laughs> Damashek. Good job. To something else to something else nobody cares about. Another another topic. No, no. But uh well go ahead. Tell the story and then I'll give my thoughts. Eddie Spaghetti, you tell it. Well, basically the ref, uh his name is Tim Peel. He's banned for a on a hot mic during a Predators game, basically saying that he wanted to give a call, a makeup call. And it's been a pretty controversial take because you have these people who follow the league and cover the league and they think it's, you know, it hurts the integrity of it. And some people I know Sal mentioned maybe the involved it. Is he gambling on games? But the flip side, you have players and, and coaches and guys who are involved with teams, with the organizations. They're like, yeah, this goes on all the time. Uh, you know, it's, it's probably a thing better not said out loud but they know it happens and they're fine with it. So my quick take is like, well, if players and coaches are okay with it, I have no choice but to be okay with it because they seem to want that in the game because they know makeup calls are, are really a large part of, of how things, um, you know, kind of even out. I will say I did read some stuff that he was the uh, refing during the lightning Isles playoff series. And it seems like every time the Isles were getting momentum, he had a, like uh, he called something. And I looked into that a little bit, which is iffy. But again, if players are, are fine with it, I, I'm not going to argue against players. Well, but he's not Hench writing a uh, Hollywood script writer who is like has to follow the flow of the way the story has to play out. The game. That's why sports are great is because they're a reality show that is playing out before our eyes without uh, anybody determining what's going to happen um, in advance. And so. From that standpoint, it's like, well, that sucks. We can't have these referees doing that. But also, you know, Hench, I don't know if I definitely like the idea because this what this leads to is, is that then I know this sounds crazy, but then a referee cannot be aware of the situation in the game with, well, we're late in the third, swallow the whistle is the the tradition of the ref. I kind of like that. I don't like the referee raising the arm and determining the game. I, I I really don't know which side of the fence I'm on with this because I kind of um, am worried that if if it's like, okay, we're going to call it straight up now, then the what that ends up meaning as soon as this spring in a big playoff game, it's like, well, the ref just decided it by, uh, by calling a, a penalty against blank team and now the other team gets a power play goal and the refs inserted themselves into the game result. Well, I'll tell you exactly how I feel about this this issue. Uh, ironically, and I don't know if Tim Peel has cost the team a Stanley Cup, but you know who he was working with Tuesday night? Kelly fucking Sutherland. Kelly Sutherland cost the Bruins the Stanley Cup because when Tyler Bozak came up behind Nolachari, whipped both his legs out from under him, so Achari hit his head on the ice, Kelly Sutherland was so fucking close to his play. If Achari's head had split open, he would have gotten covered in blood. He was standing basically next to the play. He swallowed the whistle. He went, um, I um, I guess I'm not at work. I guess I'm on a break. It's the fucking Stanley Cup. Achari's lying on the ice after a clear, blatant, egregious trip. Kelly Sutherland chokes on his whistle. 
Perron scores the game-winning goal for the Blues. Bruins would have won it in six. Kelly Sutherland gets to keep working. He that No one ever talks about it. So you can be criminally terrible at your job and, and just keep working. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. Kelly Sutherland, he just fucking sucks. He's just terrible. So keep carry on. Carry on. He Thank you. Say, Thank you for getting us back in the subjects that people want to hear about. He, at great he didn't say anything and, into and a, a high-pitched voice at that. Because it's the worst fucking, it's the worst non-call in fucking history. And a bad non-call is as bad as a, a bad call. I mean, as as Saints fans can attest, right? Swallowing the whistle, not throwing the flag. Like, hey, the Saints would have won the Super Bowl that year. They just they just went for the non-call. The two officials on the sideline looked at each other. I got nothing. How about you? No, I was hoping you would call it. Well, I didn't call it. What, how about you? Yeah, I thought you were going to call PI. Well, now it's awkward because neither of us did it. Well, that was all Kelly Sutherland who just gets to skate to the locker room uh, while Tim Peel gets crucified and Kelly Sutherland carries on with his career and John Hamm, our buddy, gets to fucking go to St. Louis and raise the cup you know, I, nice. I, he got the drink yeah. out of the cup. That was exciting. Kelly Sutherland should have given the, the he should have been the last speaker at the Blues Championship rally. And we'd like to bring up the MVP of the finals, Kelly Sutherland, uh, who swallowed his fucking whistle. I, what, what what would he say in an interview? Hey, bo- hey, buddy, what what did you see? You must have thought Achari, tough man, fourth line grinder, Achari was just trying to draw a penalty by throwing himself backwards and hitting his head on the ice that Bozak didn't do anything. That's your read on that play. I mean, you got to go look at the clip again. You got to watch it. It's, it's unreal. I've it's, seen it. Believe me, you worse. sense it repeatedly. This it's is an obvious. It's worse than the no PI call of the, the saints. Like it's, it's worse. It's you, you, the more you watch it, the angrier you get. That's why I watch it before Not this me, podcast every week. I watch it to get fired up. No. So yeah, uh, I was happy for, I was happy for John Hamm because that, that kid deserved a break already in life. Oh, you know, know, it was nice. Like, everything's gone against him. His, his entire existence. So he had his 15 minutes. Good for him. Um, you know what though? That does remind me that I am in charge. I won our fantasy football league, and uh, that means somebody's got to get kicked out in a couple or a few months here. And I kicked out Simmons last uh, last year by having Fred Lynn, his favorite ball player, do it on Cameo. wonder who's going to get it this year. This is a great opportunity every weekend for you to state your case against everybody else and for yourself. A question, well, though. You mentioned Drew Brees. Did you see that he's now like as now that he's a TV guy, now that he's not a football guy anymore, licking his hands all the time and and everything. He he kept the thing on his face, never got that removed, but now has a Jason Witten style, um, Stephen Miller style filled in hair thing like this really black kind of overly perfect hairline. And as somebody who peppers in, I use the 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 hair pepper to fill in my flesh yarmulke on the back here. You know, I got the the back one here. Um, I fill that in to, to hide my shame. I still say, so who am I? I'm a hypocrite to say, I don't think I would ever wear a toupee. Hench, how say you? You have a nice head of hair. Red though. Well, 
my hair had a great run, so I don't I don't begrudge it. But, mm-hmm. you know, when I go in the pool with my daughters, they're like laughing at my bald spot. They're like, Dad, you're bald. But what I and I think Bree. Oh, look who wear, has a pool. Look who has a pool. See that humble brag spaghetti? You hear that? Go hey, ahead. only at one of the houses. I'm a man of the people, man <laughs> of the people. Um, so so what, what I understand about Breeze and I agree with you, it's like, look, uh, you know, when you're when you're in the woods, you're a guy. Just take a leak. It's like a fucking huge advantage. Like Drew Breeze, you're a guy. No one gives a shit how you look like that's not no one cares. Don't embarrass yourself by showing us how much you care, you know, with mm. especially with the hair. Who cares? Like, you know, th- there's there's so many uh, chrome domes in in analysis and, you know, the the uh, the, the Billises and Hasselbecks and like, yeah, just 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 shave it or, or, or don't do anything. Nobody cares why. But you know what that suggests to me, um, we'll talk about it maybe in future episodes, but that Drew Brees is a prime candidate. He's the exact right age. He's coming to the end of this journey. And he, you know, all pro athletes, especially the ones who have long careers, the midlife crisis must be unbelievable. Like, <laughs> I mean, just imagine the you know going from the seventy thousand fans cheering and worshiping to um, you know I I gotta wait for Rex Ryan to finish his point so I can pretend I know three guys on that team. <laughs> it's it, it, it's so true, and I think a great example of that is guys uh, the likes of, of Tyson Chandler or anybody like you used to be a key member in in the rotation of some successful teams now you're the 13th man how much fun exactly is it being in the nba like these guys that will sit for five years at the tail end of their career at the end of the bench like it's got to be even more fun than we imagine it to be for it to be worth it like it seems like ah who wants to travel all that time and everything like oh no i think you're missing the good thing because Clearly we are. It's not the money. They have a hundred million dollars in the bank. It's not like I just want to scratch out another four million before I before I fully hang it up. Hey, Jermaine O'Neal, you were an all-star at one point. What are you doing at the end of that bench at, at this stage in your life? It's weird. And also the Drew Brees thing, it makes me think of the best example of vanity that is is hard to fathom. Terrell Davis is a lovely man. Um, Brett Favre, I don't know if he's a lovely man, but he was good at football. The two key figures in Super Bowl 32, the two seminal figures in, in that game going into it and in the result, both of them had braces. Why? What, one guy's the reigning MVP, I think, twice over and on his way to a third one in Brett Favre. Terrell Davis, um, Super Bowl MVP that day, then rushes for 2000 um, the next year, like, that's when you decide to get braces. I think you missed your window, man. You had to get them like when nobody knew who you were. Now you're in the Super Bowl. It looks weird when you're being interviewed and you have a brace face. But also like, I get it. You're a 19 year old ingenue who just got off the Greyhound in LA. And uh, the talent scout says, you got to get your teeth fixed. You're, you're not going to, you're not going to work with, with those choppers. You know, once you have a hundred million dollars in the bank and you've dominated your sport, who cares? Like, who cares? I mean, it's actually an interesting question because I do think there's two different uh, areas. There's, there's 
the guy who goes to the gym relentlessly in his 40s, that's me. Because I can feel- You're not in your 40s. No, and I don't go to the gym anymore either, obviously. I'm talking about my midlife crisis. So I see. I'm in the gym and I because I can feel it slipping away, right? I can feel- the decrepitude coming in, right? Mm-hmm. So that, but that's that's a good obsession. That's good for my health, you know, to get, do the anaerobic exercise, build muscle mass, um, you know, fight rage against the dying of the light. Braces and hair pieces, that's a different kind of cosmetic, like, um, are you going out tomcatting? Like, what's the, are you on Tinder? What, why do you, why do you want to have like a two straight rows of teeth and a good head of hair? Who cares? I'm quite sure your old lady doesn't care. You know, like I'm sure it, it, she's, first of all, women don't care. You know, I, so it, it is a very strange vanity. Um, unlike well, Drew Brees too, it's weird. He would have a hard time swiping right or left because he always has licking his fingers. And I imagine no, it's the, good. the viscous got, kind of thing on the screen would tacky. make it difficult. Very tacky. He's got, he's got it. Oh, right. I see. Yeah, that's a, that's fair. Um, all right, listen, powerhouse discussion. Um, I wanted to get to Hench, by the way, cause I mentioned the flyers goalie mess and the, and the bears quarterback mess. Congratulations to Andy. That's definitely going to solve your decades long quarterback issue is bringing in a guy named Andy. Um, the other side of that coin. And it's one of my favorite subjects is position groups by franchise. And we, you and I, and Eddie Spaghetti, Oh, yeah. Well, he's a Yanks guy. What am I talking about? You have Red Sox left fielder. Spaghetti has Yanks center fielders. I really start oh, catchers, too. Yeah. Yankees uh, catchers are a rich position in history. I go with my Penguin centers um, right up there at the very top of the list. But we'll save that for another day. Maybe we can get into that next week is which is the, which franchise, which position group by franchise is the all time greatest. And the other one I want you to think about Hench is and you too, Eddie Spaghetti and you, the listener, drop us a line and let us know your thoughts here. I say halls of fame suck now, you know, they're, they're, they're populated or, or they, the people who determine who goes into them are all up on Mount Pius. Like, ah, oh, this yeah. guy, I can't give him my vote. And you know, the longstanding examples of Ty Cobb and whoever else, like plenty of scumbags in, in these halls of fame. And yet we draw a line for the, for the modern guy. And also guys like Bob Greasy, it's like it, when you look back, like, what did we do there? That was a mistake. We need to blow them all up and, and start a new 21st century, a hall of all. We don't, we don't draw lines between this sport and that. Let's, but we have to figure out the inaugural class of who goes into oh, our Hall of Fame. Yeah. And we'll decide, you and you, me, Spaghetti, and the audience will do that. But we have to figure out the bones of this. Is it 20 names? Because we want people to come and visit our Hall of Fame in its first year. You can't just like be like, yeah, this is going to be great. And you can't just put five in. That's not enough to draw a crowd. We need like 20, 25, and that's the inaugural class. And hey. there must be a clear division between that first group, you know, when the Hall of Fame. Those guys, you talk to guys in the Hall of Fame, they're like, yeah, but he wasn't a first ballot guy. It's like, is he in the Hall of Fame? I, I love that that's a legitimate standard. It's one thing for the players to apply. It. It's another thing that the voters do it. Like, yeah, I'm going to vote for that guy for the Hall of Fame. I just don't think he's a first ballot guy. Like, there, So wait, there's a division in your brain, the Hall of Fame well, voter? Obviously, We're doing away with all that. In our inaugural class of the Hall of All will be Muhammad Ali. 
Like obviously, yes. right? So Correct. you know they were running the those classic fights, and in 1971, you're watching Frazier. You you think if you're watching it at the time, you're like, he's ending Muhammad Ali's career. Like this guy, Muhammad Ali doesn't look like he's going to be alive for seven more minutes. And then if somebody said. Hey, in seven years, Ali's going to be named Boxer of the Year, like Fighter of the Year. Like, you're like, what? Like, in 1978, he's Fighter of the Year. He's like, what? Like, his career, it's just unbelievable. And when you watch it, and, you know, obviously it took a toll on him. But, like, when you're watching those fights, you're like, I, I, w- I thought I was watching the end of this guy's career. Not not only did he come back from, the, from this fight to to whip uh, Smoke and Joe, but he he was still champion in 78, uh, you know, so, so Ali will be in the, in the inaugural class. I mean, I think Ali, Jordan and Ruth. Right, we'll get into it. We'll get into right. it. And you're, and you're right. War is hell for many reasons. And a more minor one is that it really sort of carves out and creates a bunch of what ifs around Ali, Ted Williams, Bob Feller. Um, and then, 66 Lemieux's war with his bad back that also carved out what would have and in been our, in our position, debate, the greatest of all time this week in our position conversation obviously Bart Starr Favre and Rogers that's a pretty crazy uh trinity for sure uh, for sure you know for sure uh but we can also look at that through the lens of the midlife crisis I don't know enough about Bart Starr we'll we'll do a deep dive maybe Spaghetti will do your <laughs> research um you know but but we know that that Favre has struggled uh, post-career. And uh, and now Rogers is sort of entering the first step that you need to have mm-hmm. in order to have your full-blown midlife crisis. So it'll be, we can monitor the, those stories as a, you know, as a way to look at what, what's called the U-curve. You know, life starts out, we're happy as babies and we're happy when we get up to Mo Damashek and Norma Hench's age. And in between, it's a straight, deep dive to the bottom of the U-curve, which happens at 46 for, for many men. And uh, and we can monitor Bart Starr, Brett Favre, and Aaron Rodgers. Well, as- who knew Rodgers was going to emerge as the chief coxman of, uh, of NFL QB? I mean, Brady obviously got tied down with Giselle, but I mean, Brady, I mean, uh, Rodgers, uh, he's the, the celebrity coxman supreme the other side of it is i think drew Brees. for vain people people who have low self-esteem like me i think we should feel better about ourselves and be more the drew Brees and and brett Favre and terrell davis they all their success on the gridiron and all the the money and everything else still still can't shake off uh looking at looking at the man in the mirror and being unsatisfied I get it. I find it relatable. I, what's, this, I, uh, what's this low self-esteem? All you talk about is how handsome you are. I'm not. I, I have a complicated uh, sense of self-esteem, Hench, whereas yours is uh, yours is clear, uh, a little bit cleaner. But I do deal with the same thing with my kids, too. Like my head gets wet and it, and it's uh, um, it's like Predator. It's like Schwarzenegger when he has the mud all over him in Predator. And then he gets in the water and it washes off. And then the Predator can see him again. That's the same thing. When my head gets wet. They're like, they're like, oh, my God. Reality has uh, unvarnished uh, reality is too much, except it's they, your Achilles. They, they, they laugh. They mock me. I'm like, you yeah, know, exactly. 
You'd live on the street if it weren't for me. Careful with the with the uh, with the nonsense. Anyway, what a great time, Hedge. Once again, you've done it. It really is a good time. Eddie Spaghetti, did you enjoy this show? This is another classic. I mean, every Thursday it's it's a home run. So I'm and and I want to and as you contemplate who you're going to vote out of our fantasy football league, Sheck, I just want to remind you how mellifluous I think your voice is. It's (laughs) it's it's beautiful. It's just like it's it's really I can't tell if it's a a bird or a bell. I disagree. He stinks. I don't (laughs) like him, and I still blame all for ruining Cam Neely's Hall of Fame career. Uh, I don't know who that is. Now, um, I do want to encourage you to go and listen to Extra Points with me and Cousin Sal. We had a couple of gangbusters episodes there against all odds, all the rest of the shows on the Extra Points Network. And speaking of that, go and listen to the first podcast from Minus Three this week. We do a NFL deep dive with Greg Rosenthal from around the NFL and then uh, former Jets GM Mike Tannenbaum, who has very harsh opinions about Ben Roethlisberger and the Steelers. Bottom five team, he says, in 2021. We chop that up. We talk about the state of the Patriots and uh, what's going to happen in the NFC East. Jalen Hurts, really? That's what they're going to roll with in 2021. The Eagles, we get into all of it and uh, from the Northeast uh, point of view. So if you are an NFC East, AFC East, AFC North, an East division in the NHL, an Eastern Conference NBA guy, um, you want to be plugged in here and uh, subscribed and downloading and sharing with your friends. All that stuff, and as I said uh, at the top of the show, fanduel.com slash minus three is how you do it. Hope you follow along on our best bets, especially the best bet on the planet right now. Who's ever playing the Sabres? Minus one and a half. It's almost a guaranteed winner. It's as close to winning as you can possibly get there, so make sure you do all that stuff. Hench, have a great weekend. Enjoy uh, your tournament there. Eddie Spaghetti, you do the same. And you too, sports fan, will be back with more Huey and Applesauce for you after the weekend. Until then, thanks so much. It's been a thin slice of heaven. <laughs>